Kaiju Network podcast, G-Fest 26 pre-show. We are together in the same room as we typically are for the last several years. Hopefully there isn't too much background noise. We are in my unfinished basement. So that's where we are right now. And uh, that's why things uh, look look different but <laughs> it's yeah. the best place in the house right now it keeps us cool and it's a little bit quieter and we're kind of out of everybody else's way in the house so yeah here we are another g fest hard to believe i know like i was just telling kent the other day when i was staying the night over at the hotel where g fest usually takes place every year that it just literally felt like yesterday that i like i was there like everything like Basically, almost everything hasn't changed much, except for a couple things, which are just small and minor, you know, dealing with the key cards to the room, which are now instead of, you know, the uh, slide in and slide out to the uh, hotel, like your hotel room, it's just a little, uh, you just put it over this pad and then it unlocks your door. That's the only difference with it, but you get another card for, your pool and the fitness room so otherwise not much else has uh, changed around there so well i remember i mean i do this just about every year and i remember clear as day walking into that uh, back entryway and i remember going up that little incline that ramp there right uh, you know by the seating area to the visibility bar looking up at the tvs that were there and i was thinking to myself here we are again and i remember being here well i still remember that mm-hmm. day you know and that was just about a full year ago now so um I yeah can, i can just... still i can still remember that uh i think the second year of us being at g fest and we in that that corner table and i took a picture of you just like with your hand yeah, the second <laughs> the second g fest well this is our eighth i mean almost 10 years and I just, I tell you, time flies by. I still remember the second year we went. We were living in a different apartment, my wife and I. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was wearing my Blackhawks 2013 Stanley Cup champ shirt the day we left to go to Chicago. And you were videotaping me from behind and videotaping bits and parts along the drive yeah. to Chicago. I mean, I remember that. Yeah. And, and this and is our was, eighth year going. Yeah, and that was just before I moved into my current apartment, which is... Also hard to believe it's been that long ago. I, eight years flies. I mean, well, let's briefly talk about kind of the last couple G Fest. Last year, it wasn't terrible, but I think it was just one of those. It was. It was. It was, I, it was it just was a okay. G Fest. I mean, it, you know, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't. Yeah. I, I personally wouldn't call it. The problem is with us, though. We are at the point, though, that we've not only been to enough of these, but we've been to enough of these g fest consecutively that unfortunately some of the the novelty wears off and Mm -hmm. i think that's part of it for us i think you know if if you went to g fest last year and that was your first g fest i'm sure that probably is going to be like the biggest and best for you that's great that's fine but for us you know i remember telling jason like late saturday early sunday last year during the convention i said you know it just it just kind of, <laughs> it just, yeah, yeah. Because I was, I was sort of thinking to myself, it came and went quickly. Yeah, though. it seemed like it w- went by a lot more quickly than yeah. previous. G-Fest. It's like I was just kind of uh, thinking to myself, uh, 
for the last couple of months before coming here that I would say I probably would at least go for maybe a few more years and just take a little break, a little hiatus from it. And I was sort of debating that after that, maybe uh, go to Japan, like go to Tokyo and maybe if you wanted to join in on that too. I don't know what's going on here, but But, (laughs) but that's just, that's just a few years off. So I was thinking about maybe taking a break from it. Just kind of like what you says, with the novelty and stuff, it starts well, to wear off. And the funny thing is, is I remember uh, we're staying for a week again this time, and we yep. did that two years ago. And I remember telling you it was maybe Thursday, Friday, or whatever it was. Two years ago, I told you, I'm like, I'm never staying a week again because I miss my family too much. And I said, plus, it's really expensive. And I said, I'm glad we did it. And you were saying the same thing. You're like, yeah, it's kind of expensive. And yeah, you know, it. <laughs> Two years later, here we are doing it again. So, well, we, we sort of did this about a year ago when the reservations already began for this for this year's convention because they started in August already, mm-hmm. and we sort of decided just to maybe do a, have it as a week for the time yeah. being, and then was it? I think a month or so ago, uh, you were somewhat debating, so I was like. I'll give you a certain amount of time until this certain date. In all honesty, putting me on the spot right now, even (laughs) though I know I'm going to have fun, if I were to be very honest right now, five days is pretty good. But if I were to change things now, I would say for me, it would be six days instead of seven. (laughs) I know it seems weird, but it's just like, one extra day kind of makes a difference, especially when you have a family and, and, and unfinished projects, uh, you know, yeah. it, it makes a difference. But like we were talking about earlier, um, you know, just kind of quickly going over the last couple of G Fest before we started in with uh, G Fest 26, going through the schedule and just kind of putting our own little yeah. comments and, on. And don't mind me eating some ice cream <laughs> during the, oh, this episode. So. Mind, big time. <laughs> they don't want to hear as long as you don't be doing that but like 25 we were saying last year went by very quickly really quickly um and it it was an okay it was an okay convention i i don't remember exactly where we placed it i think it was maybe towards the middle ish lower end for me i think yeah i think we i think the majority of us both of us had it somewhere in the middle. Yeah, and then but I. But then, re- of course, twenty-one. I mean, well, honestly, no. And I remember twenty-four was a downer too. We said, I think both of us said that was the second to last if we maybe, were to rake them. Maybe twenty-three. Um, I would say is the second best. It's it's tough for me. Like second the first two are like great, the and then twenty two and twenty three uh, were really all four of those were spectacular. But like I was telling you last year, it seems like we go to two, and those are really great. Then we have the third one that's not so great. Then twenty two and twenty three were great. Twenty four wasn't so great. Twenty five kind of broke that mold where it was. It was there. Mm-hmm. It just showed up, and that was it. Yeah, they just waved and said hi, and <laughs> that was that, and went out the door. But anyways, let's just go ahead and get on with the schedule. Jason has yet to see it. I've only seen it once myself. Well, I somewhat and, skimmed through um, the schedule. But anybody, um, 
can you pull up the YouTube page? I don't know if we have anybody watching. By the way, if you're watching this live, use the comments. Let's have a conversation here. Um, but anyways, um, if you have not watched us or even heard us in the past before we were doing the YouTube stuff, uh, if you have not experienced us doing this we basically just go through the schedule we list off what's going on and then kind of along the way we um talk about some of the panels that we would like to go see so mm -hmm. um i say let's just get started here yep, you, you, you want to you want to get started with thursday thursday's pretty short yep. there yeah thursday's pretty short it mainly is uh all is just a special double double bill over at the Pickwick Theater in uh, it, over in Park Ridge. For those that want to know, and it's uh, starts at one o'clock p.m. with uh, with a movie Godzilla's Revenge, fiftieth anniversary of that this year, by the way. Yep, and then at three o'clock is uh, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. And seven o'clock is X from Outer Space, and then at nine o'clock is uh, GMK, and that usually rounds out Thursday. You know, we keep every year. What was it? Three years ago or whatever? They had Yongeri, my guilty pleasure. Or it <laughs> might have been last year or two years. It was ago. at least two years ago. It's been at least a couple of years. We keep saying one of these years we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm looking at this. Thing here I mean I would say out of the four movies there my I what I would say maybe my big favorite out of the four would be Ghidorah the three-headed monster but even then I'm not even sure if that's enough to get my butt into a seat there <laughs> um, the extra outer space Really, and I know we have Peggy Neal as a special guest this year. So, uh, Peggy, if you are seeing this, no offense, but the movie isn't great. But at the same time, it's one of those it's it's one of those sort of stereotypical kaiju movies that I think your average non kaiju fan thinks of, where it's so goofy, and it is. But at the same time, it's so fun in that regard it's like yongari yongari is my guilty pleasure i i think that movie on the one hand is better here i go on a tirade about yeah. about yongari i think that movie is better than people give it credit for however i'm not saying it's masterpiece no it's far from it it's still a bad movie but i think it's better than people give it credit for and um but at the same time it's one of those to where there are i would say some good moments but it's so bad it's good but it's charming as well extra matter space is kind of along those lines extra matter space though doesn't have quite the kaiju action that yangari does so mm -hmm. you know i don't know i don't know if we're actually gonna, <laughs> gonna be doing doing that we always we always talk about going there but then uh in the end we don't end up going <laughs> well i mean you i made a comment about it what about what about sorry if you're hearing any of that stuff i apologize <laughs> but, um we tried soundproofing this room a little bit for this podcast but uh, take a look at that though uh, is that enough though to put your butt in the seat for let's say half a day uh i'm not saying it's terrible i'm just saying for me personally for I, my personal taste there's not enough there for me to i'd say it maybe maybe so what's gonna draw you uh the only one out of the four of these probably would be 
uh, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. Because I know... Okay, so... But that's one movie. For half a day, there's got to be two movies here that entice you. Well, I probably would actually go for the first two. I would, too. I wouldn't mind Extra Matter Space either, but at the same time, though... Um, is it an it would I want to stay because there's a four hour gap? I'm assuming there's that gap because it's supper, but um, GMK, I mean, anybody who's listened to this podcast long enough knows I'm not a fan of that film, but um, a GMK, and especially for as late as it is, I mean, we're talking 9 p.m. Central Time, that's 10 p.m. Eastern, that's past my bedtime, <laughs> but um. GMK is not enough to get me, you know, in the seat. X from outer space by itself. I mean, again, if you have the right crowd, yes, maybe. Uh, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. Yeah, probably. Godzilla's revenge. So-so. Yeah. Yeah, the first two would definitely at least be the ones that I would go to if I decided to go. Okay, I need to say something right now because... It's the 50th anniversary of Godzilla's Revenge. That's sort of the movie that's going to be, I don't want to say front and center because I, I, I think that's overblowing it quite a bit. But it's going to be something that's kind of at the forefront of the general convention's mind this year, right? Mm-hmm. Let's get something straight here. Or let's kind of... Well, and that's essentially what the this year's G-Fest logo is. Right, yes. It's based off of G's Revenge. You know, this is a movie, Godzilla's Revenge, for many years was reviled. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. As potentially one, if not the worst Godzilla movie, right? Yeah. By many fans. Now, all of a sudden, I've noticed over the last, oh, between four to six years, roughly, um, that, and a lot of this, I give credit to David Callett because he's the first person I saw that really started looking at this movie more seriously if you've read his book uh forgive me if i get the title wrong but it's like a critical critical filmography of toho's godzilla films i think is what it's called um it's been a while since i looked at the book but he uh, from my understanding is really the first person who at least with some sort of authority or or gravitas, some sort of Mm -hmm. expertise behind him, who really came out and really sort of, again, I'm sorry, (laughs) who really came behind the film and said, no, this film is more serious, it's darker, it's better than what many fans have given this film credit for over over the decades. And then all of a sudden you started seeing this shift. And there's still some people out there, yes, that look at this film and say it's one, if not the worst. But that has shrunk significantly just in these last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> um, you're, you're saying that it was like at right. first it was terrible and then. Was right, but I forgot my point. The point I was trying to make. Um Oh, now I remember. Can we sit here right now and really sort of just kind of stop with the Godzilla's Revenge discussions in terms of 
this is more serious or not because I feel like the fandom at large, because again, there's been this huge shift towards respecting the film and that's great. That's fine. I don't care one way or the other. I don't, I'm not in love with the film, but I don't hate it either. I, to me, revenge is kind of in the middle. Um, Let's kind of quit with the discussion on this film as far as is it good or bad or whatever. Megalon's the same way. Megalon has a lot of fault. But again, I think there's more to it. August Ragoni, I would argue, has been the one major individual with, again, expertise uh, behind him who has really championed that film, like David Callot has championed Revenge. Um, you know, that that film, I think, it, you know, unfortunately has gotten more flack than it deserves as well. I mean, again, is it perfect? And by all means, not. But let's just kind of cease the <laughs> discussion here, okay? I don't even know if I even really made my point all that well, but it doesn't quite sound like it. <laughs> if, I, if I think about it more here in a bit, then maybe I'll come back to it. All right, and here is the schedule for Friday. By the way, let's quickly see if there are any comments here first. So let's, uh, let's bring your computer. I'm not going to mess yes. with it. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm hosting a panel, Exterm Central. I'm hosting a panel at 2 p.m. on Saturday, July 23rd in Ballroom 1. Nessie the Kaiju, the hammer locked away. All about the unmade Toho hammer. Nessie collaboration from the 70s. Name's Greg. I'm sorry if I, uh, you know, uh, trounce your last name here. Greg Nonaman? Or Greg Numman? Um Again, I apologize in advance to anybody whose name I say on here. If I botch it, I apologize. Uh, I did see that on the schedule. Uh, I know that's something that's been going around Facebook um, in, in various Godzilla slash Kaiju um, groups. I'm probably guessing this. He meant the uh, 13th there. I was going to say, I looked at that. I'm like, <laughs> that, that doesn't seem right. But yeah, probably the 13th. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's something that... And wasn't uh, the guy, one of the guests last year, what was his name? Wasn't he involved in that? Or am I thinking a different project? I might be thinking of a different project. I think I am thinking of a different project. Because I, yeah, I think I am. Because that one was group funded. Um, Yeah, I'm thinking of something different. But I do remember seeing this. And I've, um, uh, I remember seeing this on the schedule. And I have heard of this at least in a few groups and pages um, yeah. on on Facebook. So awesome, awesome, Greg! Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, we will uh, definitely, as we go down the list here, hit that up and discuss it. So since you did Thursday and I did a monologue for a bit there, <laughs> I'll, I'll do um, Friday, July twelfth, the first kind of official kickoff of G-Fest and we'll just kind of go down and anything that we see here we can discuss. Uh, At 11 o'clock G-Fest orientation anybody who is new to G-Fest and wants to get a familiarity with it, it's pretty much self-explanatory. Right. Uh, At noon I guess you could say is the first official panel starting, one of the first official panels starting. Uh, Godzilla's Revenge at 50 there you go. Basically, uh, a panel discussing uh, 50 years of Godzilla's Revenge. It is going to be discussed uh, by Martin Arl, Danny Tokars, Kim Taborn, Jeff Horn, and Kevin Horn. Um, 
that's one of the panels I definitely want to go to. I mean, I love these anniversary panels. Kevin Horn uh, is typically involved with uh, these sort of anniversary yeah. panels. And, um, uh, you know, I mean, that guy is a, is a that guy has a wealth of knowledge on a lot of stuff uh, and, and all that. And I mean, you know, everybody else here, I, I know I've seen Martin in a panel. Danny, I'm not sure if I've seen in a panel. I'm sorry, Danny. Uh, if I have, I don't that remember. Jeff, sound familiar. Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff is great too. Um, but uh, yeah, that's definitely one of the panels I really want to go to. I love those anniversary panels just because I think it's always great to go back and just kind of over the years, just kind of see how far we've come, I guess, with a particular film. Yeah. Uh, also at noon, Monstrosities, a panel of tokusatsu. We'll just read the description here because I'm not sure exactly what that's about. Uh, from the kings who battle three-headed dragons to mechas fighting giant chicken monsters chill with the team behind monstrosities tokusatsu vlog for a conversation on all things kaiju spandex suited heroes and tokusatsu plus get a chance to win free merch with our manga face contest with matt burkett brian napolitano max frank wonder if he's in relation to matt frank and nathan oh boy i'm sorry with wachowski or wasaki grady yeah that's um, um, that sounds kind of interesting. It sounds pretty interesting. I'll, I might uh, take a peek in it just to see how how that would uh, go about in it. Well, it seems like they're going to be doing a contest during the panel, just from how this uh, thing reads, especially uh, when uh, free merch and everything in there. But uh, I don't know if it's gonna uh, mainly just mainly focus on Godzilla side, or is it gonna expand into uh, like Gamera or Ultraman that sort of thing? I'm hoping it does. But uh, yeah, what what would you think? I couldn't. I have no idea. <laughs> I honestly <laughs> don't. I'm just reading off of this. Uh, I mean, on all th- to, to me, the thing that really tells me what a conversation on all things kaiju, I think it's basically just a free for all on the on the genre is really what it is. I don't know how you would start that panel, but yeah. Well, <laughs> but look at us. I mean, I go on these tirades about Yongari and Godzilla '98 all the time, and I and, somehow uh, shoot Shin it in all the time. And Shin Godzilla too. <laughs> See, I was trying to go a whole episode without mentioning <laughs> that, and then you brought it up. Well, <laughs> since since you're in that uh, sort of area, I had to uh, bring it up. But uh, also at noon, the last panel will want... I guess it, I, I, I say last because it's listed as the last noon panel on the schedule, even though they, it starts at the same time as the other three. Uh, Sekizawa and Kimura, a tale of two screenwriters. Most of Toho's classic tokusatsu films started with scripts penned by the Showa-era creative team's unsung heroes, Shinichi, Shinichi Sekizawa and Takeshi Kimura. Join Nathan Marcon, professional writer and co-creator of Kaiju Vision Radio, and Daniel Damana, creator, author of the Godzilla Novelization Project, as they explain how these polar opposite storytellers revolutionize the Kaiju genre. Um, definitely a panel I would love to go to as well, but again, it's going to uh, collide with the Revenge uh, panel at the same time. I really like this because 
one of the books I've read, and I forget who wrote it. Um, I, I, I want to say it was either David Callett or maybe it was uh, Steve Rifle, who still owes me an interview. Um, 15 years later, by the way. Um, <laughs> he said he said so in an email. He reached out to me, by the way. Um, <laughs> um, one of those guys wrote something in one of their books on these two screenwriters. And I and if I remember this correctly, Kimura was the guy who penned, um, I believe, such films like Rodan. And his screenplays, for the most part, were darker. They were uh, not as, I guess you could say, uh, happy ending type of tales, whereas Sekizawa... Uh, was more in line with what Honda was looking for in his films, where Sekizawa wasn't afraid to go serious, but he was more lighter-hearted. He wanted to have more happy endings involved with his stories. And this, I think, would be an awesome panel uh, to go to as well. But again, like I said, at least for me, it collides with a, with a panel, another panel that I want to go to at that time period. But that, I think, by and large, would still be a, a wonderful panel to go to, especially if you're a fan of the Showa era, not just Godzilla films, but Showa era kaiju films. Um, excuse me. This would be this would be a, a wonderful panel to to really kind of get an idea of why some of the movies were written the way that they were, and it's because uh, you know you had different writers, and of course some people would go, well, duh, yeah, I mean that makes sense because not every movie you know was written you know in a particular genre written by the same individuals. Like not all Marvel movies are written by the same one or two people; they're different writers. Yeah. But I think uh, for people who may not be too familiar with the genre, Kimura and Sekizawa by and large with the occasional exception it was rare but there were a couple other writers here and there but by and large these two guys were responsible for a large chunk of the earlier kaiju films in terms of the screenplays Mm -hmm. and so um very unique and interesting styles both uh definitely don't get as much credit although sekizawa i would argue over the last eight to ten years has definitely gotten um, a lot more of of the do within western kaiju fandom uh because he's definitely been brought up i know he's been brought up numerous times in recent gfs at various panels i've been to uh but kimura unfortunately doesn't get uh, as much credit and part of that is because he didn't write as many screenplays as sekizawa did I'm hosting the panel right now, actually. <laughs> you don't need to go to this panel. I'm talking about these two guys right now. Um, <laughs> but Kimura didn't write as many of the screenplays during uh, the earlier, I'm sorry, um, <laughs> during the earlier uh, period of kaiju films as Sekizawa did. And so, of course, Sekizawa is going to get most of the credit. But. Um, yeah, that still would be a fun panel to go to. I can probably take a look at that for a few minutes. Um, yeah, I think it would be a definite set-in for that one as well. I, I think um, out of the was it the three panels around the noontime, um, I probably would say um, both of those would, would be more interesting. Yeah. It definitely think, would be a... Yeah, but then we would, <laughs> I would say, possibly go back and forth. How do you scroll um, down on one of those two? You just... Uh, 
do that and slide it down. I'm looking for the scroll tab on the side. It wasn't showing up. <laughs> you know, you just go up and down with this pad right here. Okay. Okay. Uh, one of the panels now that starts at one o'clock. Objectively, scientifically, the best non-Godzilla Tohu Kaiju ever, period. It seems like, the, and I don't know if it's by the same individuals, because I'm sorry I didn't. It I may think- be, actually. Because I know John LeMay was part of the the one last year where it was the best Godzilla movie ever, period. Yeah, I, I think this, I these sworn, are the same guys. I could have so. sworn that this that there was a panel that sounded a bit Yes, I, I would say this is sort of the sequel to that panel. Uh, the description here, everyone loves Godzilla. How could you not? Simply put, he's the king of the monsters. But who is your second favorite Godzilla movie, Kaiju? With Godzilla out of the picture, it's a royal rumble for second place. So... I guess it's not about the movie, it's just about the kaiju. Mm. I still remember last year, uh, what was it, Sea Monster? Was Sea Monster and was it Biolani? Yeah, Biolani was. And Sea Monster came out the victor? No, it was Biolani. Biolani? Still, though, that was surprising to see Sea Monster there. (laughs) That was great, though. (laughs) But uh, Yeah, I was fairly surprised at that myself. But uh, also at 1 o'clock, Jeopardy adult qualifier game uh, for players 13 and up. You know, I went to the one, what, two years ago? When are you going to try to qualify here? I don't know. You need to try, dude. This is our eighth one. I did it back on our sixth <laughs> veggie fest. And I keep, and the thing is, time goes by so blasted fast. But I keep telling myself, okay, after a G fest, I'm going to go home and I'm going to start reading, you know, my books, you know, by David Callot, August Rigoni, Steve Rifle, and all that. And I'm going to hit legitimate magazines that have information on stuff too. And I'm going to watch all the movies multiple times. I'm going to watch, um, you know, the, uh, the, the special features on these films as well to learn people's names and what they did and behind the scenes stuff. And every year I don't do it. I forget to do it. And then when I remember to do it, it's too late because there's not enough time for me to try to cram all of that stuff. It's not just the Godzilla movies. Yeah. It's It's just, it's the same for me since you always keep pounding me to do it. It's like, well, I, but see, I I did it. I did it two years ago without any prep beforehand. I just said to hell with it. I'm going to do it. And I was one of the three people that got up there in one of those qualifier games. Um, but yeah, you just need to try. Just fill out the sheet and see if you get up there. Yeah, well, we'll see on that. <laughs> you gotta try it, man. Uh, also at one o'clock, Green Slime. It's time for some late 60s sci-fi fun with the Green Slime. The theme song for the movie really says it all with Kevin Horn. Again, Kevin Horn. Any panel he's uh, on, you really need to check out. Green Slime, fun movie. Um, I saw bits and parts of it, um, excuse me, years ago, and then I finally bought the movie a few years back and watched it several times. That's a fun little movie. Yeah, I I have not seen that one. I know that they were showing it at the Bickwick Theater on a Thursday, maybe a year or two ago. And I know you were debating yeah. about doing it, but and of course like I got I said, that. I can bring that DVD with us. We can watch it over this next week. You can if you want to. It's a fun film. It's really wacky. It's really fun. I mean, it's fun. Um, 
it to me, if I were to describe it in any way, it's sort of like um, like Forbidden Planet, but with more strange creatures and just crazy go nuts. Crazy. I mean, <laughs> crazy go nuts. Crazy craziness. Yeah, it's it's a fun film. It's a guilty pleasure of mine. It's. Uh, it's just fun. You have to see it if you haven't. Uh, at 2 o'clock, Cheesy Monsters Raid Again. Uh, a world in extreme danger of laughing our butts off. We love our monsters, even when they're dripping with cinematic cheese. Join comic writers Tony and Isabella as we... Oh, okay, as I read that wrong. <laughs> 50 of the crazy creatures that we remember too fondly. So fondly. Um... That seems like it would be kind of fun uh, to do. I mean, it just, it seems like it's going to span monster movies in general. It doesn't matter whether it's east or west. It's, yeah, because it doesn't say anything specific. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be uh, definitely, I think, fun to, to check out. It's, it's really... Um, I think it would be fun because you, there have been some crazy monsters over the years. Mm-hmm. It's just it's kind of fun. Uh, also at 2 o'clock, Jeopardy! Adal Qualifier Game 2. Nothing, nothing said there. <laughs> uh, at 2 o'clock, Bandai and Subaraya. Join your hosts as they discuss the history between Bandai and Subaraya Productions and how this relationship has affected the Ultraman franchise and free in recent years with RJ Axon, Matt Parmley, and Kevin Deradorf. So it just kind of sounds like Bandai working in tandem with Subaraya to create toys, I guess. I, that's my guess. Uh, uh, toys, games, because I know Bandai also does games as well. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think that's sort of where that's going. Mm-hmm. Uh, at three o'clock, paleontologist panel the sequel. So what is Godzilla? It's a question that roams around in every fan's mind. Is he an, an amalgamation of sea life, an ancient predator woken after millions of years, a dinosaur mutated from nuclear fallout? Come and help us use deductive reasoning and comparative anatomy to determine what Godzilla is. Come scratch your paleo itch and discuss biology, paleontology, and comparative anatomy as we look at Godzilla from a paleontological point of view with Dennis Roth. Um, anybody who owns um, the official Godzilla compendium, it was released in 1998 uh, when the 98 TriStar film was released. And there was a section in that particular uh, compendium, and I don't think it was written by Dennis Roth, I think it was written by someone else, where it looked at Godzilla from a paleontological standpoint. I think J.D. Lee's was part of that. He was part of the compendium, yes. Um, But um, as far as that particular article, it was written by a paleontologist. but yeah, there was something in that compendium uh, where it was looking at Godzilla from a paleontological viewpoint. Um, I think, of course, you know, uh, a lot of people get into Godzilla because they love dinosaurs first. That's kind of how I got started uh, was because I loved dinosaurs before I loved Godzilla. And going into Godzilla was sort of the result of my love of dinosaurs. Um, but... 
Yeah, if you love dinosaurs, check that out, I guess. <laughs> yep. Um, also at 3 o'clock, Kaiju Transmissions Podcast presents 30 Years of Godzilla vs. Violent. That's right, there's another anniversary. Also, I think Gamma vs. Virus has an anniversary this year, too. 50 years, I think. Well, I think uh, if you just read down the next panel. Oh, there. no, it's Gearon right there. <laughs> there it is. It's Gearon. I started thinking, I'm like, wait a minute, I think we went to a Virus panel last year. Yeah. Um, an in-depth look at the making of the 1989 classic, including unused scripts, the manga adaptation, behind-the-scenes pictures, and more with Matt Parmley, Kyle Berg, Kevin Dierendorf, and John LeMay. Um, again, I love anniversary type of panels. This will be one I may try. To, oh, man, but Giron also starts at three. This is the problem we come into just about every year, our scheduling conflicts. Certain good panels yeah, are starting at I think, at the I think same after... Time. After going to these for eight years, it's it's always bound to happen. Yeah, but uh, yeah, hard to believe, man. Thirty years ago now, with Biolane. Yeah. The thing is, though, there has been so much information out there on Biolane. Um, it just, I mean, at least for me personally, um, I would like to still go to it. I don't know though. Um, I just don't know if there's much more I could learn on that panel. I'm not saying I'm an expert, but I know sort of the general yeah, <laughs> storylines of it. Yeah, and I've seen the, uh, the behind the scenes videos on that, and as well as I think I've uh, read up on the manga. I think uh, that behind the scenes stuff uh, covers some of the manga mm -hmm. as well. And then of course we see some of the deleted stuff in as well. And I think they talk about some of the scripts that they don't even use. Yeah. In that. Yeah. I may actually, now that I think about it, go to this next one, Gamma versus Gearon. It's all fun and games until Gauss loses a head. Come celebrate 50 years of Gamma versus Gearon. Our panel of experts has you covered for fun facts and nostalgic discussion on the Flying Turtle's most oh, most notorious yeah. adventure with <laughs> Tristan Domey and Mike Sutton. Um, that might be the one I will go to because, like I said, I've read an awful lot on bio. There's a lot of information. There's not a ton of information out there um on camera i mean there really there really hasn't the closest that i think because to my knowledge no one has written an official book on camera for the west and the closest we have to something that gives us some in-depth knowledge uh, of some of these films were the first two uh, releases by shout factory like what seven years ago or something like that now i think it's a, um, a little bit more than that where august ragoni did commentary for the t first two films uh, gamera and gamma versus barugan where he provided commentary and then unfortunately shot factory didn't have any more money to do that for the sequels uh, after that so that's about the closest we have that's that's the panel i'll probably go to during that time slot Mm -hmm. um, is that one? And then this one seems to be the usual panel every year. Um, at uh, four o'clock, guys, I'll bring it down to size. Uh, the story behind the making of classic media's documentary film on the history of Japanese special effects featuring exclusive making photos and footage with Ed Gajeshevsky and Steve Rifle, who owes me an interview. <laughs> um, if I understand this correctly, this is a panel on the making of the documentary? 
Is it my understanding that that's what this is going to story, be? That's what it says. The story behind the making of classic media's documentary film on the history of uh, uh, Japanese science uh, special effects. That seems a little goofy to me that you would have a making of the making of. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it might be interesting. Because what is? are there other panels that in my opinion is the one maybe the only good panel during that time so i might check that out i don't know that doesn't seem <laughs> interesting to me i'm making of the making of i would i, look I would it. actually would rather go to the final four o'clock panel <laughs> well we'll get to that here in a second yeah. uh the other four o'clock panel is jeopardy 2019 kids championship uh, also at four o'clock, kaiju fans and media, the good, the bad, and the Kenny. Ever wonder <laughs> how movies, TV, or comics would represent the G-Fest demographic? Wonder no more because this panel covers portrayals of characters who are wild about kaiju and Japanese superheroes, as well as the rise of Japanese otaku culture with Kevin Derendorf. It seems interesting, but more than anything else, I would think this particular panel with what will be shown to us is going to be nothing more than the stereotypical geek stuff where, you know, the, the guy who wears tube socks, short shorts, has zits, glasses, a slur in his speech, and maybe an overbite or an underbite and looks disheveled and looks like he just got out of bed. Yeah. Uh, that's to me is probably, um, I mean, I know I don't wonder how people represent us because I've seen it before in cartoons and other TV shows and films. So, I mean, I guess I, I probably will go down to bringing Godzilla down size, but even that seems a little goofy to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I probably wouldn't know. I'm definitely then. not going to the Pretty kid championship. I'm sorry. I'm not going to that. <laughs> yeah. That, I would say that would be a given at least, but, um, so all right, to sort of to close out the day here, thank God, because I need you to take over here for <laughs> Saturday. At 7 o'clock, opening ceremonies. Uh, at 7.30, roughly, young fan costume parade. Yeah, they started changing that because typically the, the both the adults yeah. and the kids were always like Saturday night. Well, and I think that they... Um, had them as one. Oh, well, it but says then, right here. Um, yeah. Due to ever-increasing participation, G-Fest again is offering two costume parades. <sighs> oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Friday night features young fans displaying their and their parents' handiwork. And then at 1030 at the Pickwick is Godzilla King of the Monsters. That you can give me <laughs> to go to the Pickwick. But the problem is 1030, and it's like a two-hour, 15-minute movie. Yeah, so it'll be at least after midnight yeah. maybe getting close to one o'clock yeah so with that that and that rounds up friday the first day of g-fest yeah let's check see if there are any comments here yeah let's go back here here All we right, go we got a couple i'd love to say howdy to both of you during the con so don't be shy about saying hello to me in person this marks my third g-fest started going in 2017 kevin derdorf whom is hosting kaiju fans and is one of my panelists on the nessie panel sunday that's awesome yeah, definitely we'd like to say hi to you. Um, yeah, Kevin Derendorf is very knowledgeable. He doesn't get as much credit um, within uh, 
kind of the fandom, but I guess maybe part of that is because he doesn't put himself out there enough, I guess. But uh, he's definitely knowledgeable. I've noticed he's participated more, um, definitely participated more in panels Mm -hmm. in recent years. All right, so let's uh, kick off Saturday, June 13th's uh, itinerary here for day two. Uh, at 9 o'clock is uh, the Summit Kaiju Creative Contest. Uh, Summit, the Summit Kaiju panel will be unveiling the winners of the Summit Kaiju Online Creative Photo Contest. That's somewhat of a mouthful, along with discussions about toy for photography and kaiju toy collecting with Jeremy Souls or Soles. That's sorry, like, sorry if I uh, butchered your name on that one. Um, I would say that I've the, never heard of this Summit Kaiju contest. I don't remember seeing that anywhere last year or anything previous. But it sort of sounds interesting. I know uh, probably would have, as mentioned in the final sentence, or first sentence of the final line, however you say it, uh, I would say just be talking about taking pictures of your figures in certain environments that they've been built specifically for them. And then talking about, you know, obviously toy collecting. That's interesting. The way I pick up on this uh, summary here, it seems to me like it's basically just handing out awards that may take 15, 20 minutes or something of, of this panel. And then the rest of it, majority of it, is going to be about toy photography and toy collecting. Um, the toy photography is what gets me because I don't ever recall hearing uh, any sort of panel in the past that uh, the GFS yeah. we've gone to, which is interesting because it's such there is an art behind it. It's not just your um, manufacturers like Bandai X Plus and whatever mm-hmm. doing photographs of figures so that um, they can sell them to you. Which, by the way, the X Plus Su uh, uh, Defo Real SD ninety eight Godzilla that's phony photography on X plus's part. The figure does not look like what the photos show. Um, and I got proof cause I own the figure. <laughs> you can see on daikajinetwork.com is the latest thing. <laughs> but anyway, like, and I don't know if you ever did this and I don't know if they're still around. I haven't looked in a long time, but club Tokyo.org, I think was the URL. This was a site that more or less, I think, I think that was part of the whole, uh, monster zero and monster zero hasn't been around because unfortunately, and I forget the guy's name who was the, let me, let me Adam take a something look. I want to say is, was the guy's name. He died. You said uh, club Tokyo. Org. I think, yeah, because that was a site that more or less, oh, they're still around. Yeah, that's awesome, because this was a site I frequented quite a bit for a couple of years, like way back, I think the early 2000s, I want to say, mm-hmm. uh, just to see figures of what was out there. This is before the Internet really took off and you had some of these online vendors and, and what have you. Um this has always, in my opinion, been like the best site to go get photos of just almost every toy ever created that was kaiju related. And 
it still is, in my opinion, like the place to go. And I think all of their photography is original for that site. I don't think they use the photography yeah, from like any of the manufacturers. Yeah, just from just from looking at it here, I think it is their like everything is originally. Can you taken imagine by how them. expensive all that would have to be? Because you're practically buying everything. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine how expensive that is? Maybe either that or just and uh, somewhat stuff. Maybe either that or somewhat borrowing. Sort of, I don't know if they also had some other ways. I mean, I'm sure there are at least photos. a handful of people involved. Or, but. or maybe they could have uh, asked for some help from other people and they could have taken pictures and maybe do ask for some specific ways of taking pictures <laughs> and all that. Uh, okay, Saturday the 13th in Ballroom 1, plenty of amazing Nessie fan art and exclusive art books for sale. John LeMay, Justin Mullis, and Samuel, Samuel Eiler are my other panelists. Um, I am familiar with John LeMay's work. Unfortunately, I can't say the same thing about the other panelists. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's... That's awesome. I think we're coming. We're gonna be coming up to that here. Really, I keep. Why don't you scroll down? Yeah. So at uh, also at nine o'clock is the uh, was it the Philo or Philo uh, Barnhart uh, interview with Charles I'm sorry, D. But who um, is he? Moisson. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. Let's quickly do a quick uh, Google search of who he is. So let's see here. Let me. I don't remember hearing about him being. Um, and uh, a guest here. Yeah, I don't even think they even advertise him. Uh, oh, it's maybe with. Oh, he's uh, an artist. Yeah, looks like it. Oh, uh, he looks like he. Oh, he's an he's an animator. I wonder if he was so, involved with the Hanna Barbera Godzilla cartoon. So that's what I'm thinking too, because like here he's holding up the uh, the. Uh, the title card for Super Friends, and then it looks like he's from seen, back in the day. <laughs> like you can see things of Ariel and all that. I I have a feeling that he's involved. Prob- I don't recall involved. hearing or seeing anything in here. It doesn't mean they didn't, but yeah, it's like I I don't remember seeing in the uh, the special guest list on the the G Fest page here. But that's sort of what I'm guessing all of this is alluding to with uh, this individual here. But uh, other than that, let's move on. Also at nine o'clock is the Japanese cult, uh, culture with yokai way. That those have been. Um, You're cutting no, me off no, here. I'm just checking some stuff. <laughs> uh, that has. Oops, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. <laughs> yeah, uh, spirits of Oban. If that's how you pronounce it. In Japan, Oban uh, season, July and August, is tradi- traditionally the time to visit uh, cemeteries and invite ancestral spirits to visit and hold Ban Odori dance festivals to entertain spooky supernatural guests. You'll have a chance to learn more about these customs and to be part of the first ever Yokai Odori. A group dance created especially. Was it especially for our own summer festival, G Fest? With so that means, so that means, quickly get out of there before you do that. (laughs) Well, it's going to be held. It's going to be held in the Kennedy Room, which is one of those small rooms on this lower floor. And that's the thing, because this is, I think, Joyce Boss's third year of holding a panel on 
yokai. Mm-hmm. And they've been so popular, I mean, incredibly popular, that not only is there standing room only within a matter of minutes of her panel starting, it overflows out into the hallway, no joke. And these are some of the most popular panels. And she has been, she was saying a year or two ago that she was going to try to get it in one of the bigger ballrooms up on the upper yeah, level. I'm and s- here she is stuck in the Kennedy. Yeah, I'm still camp. surprised that they have it in the small rooms or at least have it in, was it uh, Love A and or B? Because I know mm-hmm. last, last year those were overtaken by like a uh, non GFest uh, meeting or some sort of thing. So that's why was it whoever is involved with coordinating rooms at the hotel for GFest panels, please move Joyce to a larger room because her panels are some of the biggest attended panels and there's there's never any space. They're always crowded. Yeah, they probably would have to be in uh, ballroom one or two. I mean, it's her panels are. In, people are excited and interested in this stuff, and I think part of it is because uh, not only is there more of a, a, of an influx of Japanese pop culture that in that involves yokai coming into the West, but yokai watch, you know, mm. popular game series, um, has invaded uh, uh, handheld Nintendo consoles in recent years as well and so uh the next panel at uh, 10 o'clock it's a another anniversary here delving into the shadows 50 years of mirror man and i've been wanting to watch uh this series for quite some time and i know isn't, one of the guys isn't he also specter man or is specter man go by a different name uh specter man goes by a different different okay. name okay uh, mirror, mirror man he's more like in this silverish that's what suit i thought with some green stripes and his somewhere is his helmet like more rectangular and bulky some something like that yeah uh so from the company that brought you ultraman comes mirror man superaya's first non-ultraman series and its first foray into more uh mature storytelling that sounds pretty interesting we will explore its beginnings in the legacy it left behind with andrew uh i think he did the um um golden bat panel last year i think i think that would be that would be interesting definitely to go however this next one is also going to (laughs) be somewhat conflicting pay attention here look at what it says here interview akira takarada at 10 ballroom 2 there's no information on it but you go up here just a little ways back to phil philo philo barnhart it's got who's interviewing him. Akira Takarada is so big of a badass. They realize you don't care who's going to be interviewing him. I think he's <laughs> probably going to be. Uh, I think he's prob- probably going to be interviewing himself. <laughs> Akira Takarada, how, how great of an actor were you on Gojira? Gosh, I was the best. You know, I I should have gotten an Academy Award for the Americanization of it. You know, Raymond Burr. <laughs> <laughs> And also at 10 o'clock here is collecting Godzilla movies on home video. Uh, 
with the rights to 35 movies divided between eight companies. Holy crap. Uh, collecting the Godzilla movies on home video is no easy task, which is pretty true. Uh, we'll point you towards the best possible releases and offer our theories on what Criterion has planned for the show as series. So it sounds like they'll also be talking about that. Is there insider information? <laughs> Who knows if you Are go to these guys involved with uh, Criterion? <laughs> Uh, with Will Offit, if that's how you pronounce it, and uh, Michael Kalari. Or... That's an interesting panel. I mean, I I remember growing up, I had a friend for about a year who had, uh, I think, one or two different versions of Godzilla films on VHS than what we had. Um, but um, as far as... The, the whole bit, though, about what Criterion has planned for the Showa series... Unless either one of these guys has insider information, and even then I don't think they would necessarily be able to share such information. Yeah. We're not going to know until something actually happens. (laughs) And and also what it says here, the keyword theories on what they're – on what they have planned for the show a series. Well, my theory is that Criterion, yes, is eventually going to release them. I would say so as well. <laughs> That's my theory. Plus, I think it would be so much easier. Plus, with when it comes to Criterion, they do so much better job when it comes to the quality of some of these classic movies. Now, I will stop you sort of right there because I think... The, the license to the Godzilla movies they got, and even like Rodan, all of those movies, except maybe one or two, were ones released by Classic Media like 12 plus years ago. Classic Media did a hell of a job with those films. They presented them in great definition for what was available at the time for DVDs, because you know Blu-ray wasn't around yet. Um, and there were great special features on all of those as well. In fact, you have a making of a making of panel <laughs> at this year's G Fest that was involved with one of those um, classic media licenses that Criterion picked up. Um, so, classic media did a hell of a job. In my, for me personally, outside of anything that's really new. Um, that's been released here in the West officially, I will say. Um, classic media, those those releases they have of the films that they owned until Criterion Bottom uh, are some of my personal favorites uh, because there's just so much on them. I mean, they're presented, the menus are great, well, uh, and, the, and the extras are wonderful. And, and also uh, for what uh, Kraken Releasing has done with at least a few of the releases. Kraken, done, yeah. They've done a pretty good job, I would say. Okay. Well. Uh, he worked on the Hanna-Barbera Godzilla cartoon. So we were right. We yep. took a shot in the dark and we were right. <laughs> and I, I kind of wondered. I saw the Super Friends and I thought he had it's to like, work on the Hanna-Barbera because that's uh, the same time frame. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Greg, for that. All right. Take you back here. Uh, let's go back here. So then at 11 o'clock is the Kaiju Kingdom podcast, which I'm also familiar with, and I've listened to at least a couple episodes uh, so far. So uh, 
I'm, I know I'm going to uh, butcher this last name here, person. Uh, Jessica I'm Sang. Yeah, that's how And uh, Chris Eaton returned to GFest to discuss the uh, popularity of Toho's greatest creation, success of legendaries Godzilla King of, the, uh, King of the Monsters, behind the scenes of working on the film and what the future holds for Godzilla for Kong. The future holds moolah. <laughs> that's what <laughs> it holds. And then also, same thing with I never, Takarada. I never heard of him coming this year either. Oh, I have. He's, he's been on the list for months. We are talking about Shusuke Kaneko. Yep. <laughs> Which he'll be having, was shown here, interview number one uh, at 11 o'clock a.m. in Ballroom 2. And then also at 11 o'clock in the Kennedy Room, which this seems to be, the the name is somewhat, uh, has a, a non-kaiju title, uh, Prophecies of Nostradamus. Have you heard of it, though? Have you heard of it? Uh, no, I have. <laughs> so that makes me a better fan than you. No. Um, in sure. 1974, hell, you read it. This is your day. That you yeah. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, it's like, why, why would you read it? Uh, in 1974, Toho releases the disaster movie called Prophecies of Nostradamus. This panel led by Chris Underwood. Well, he, he was a guy that did, uh, was it the, that uh, House of Cards? No, no. <laughs> uh, men, uh, men in Suits uh, documentary. That's was, him? Yeah, I think so. That name sounds familiar. I think that was a different guy that did Men in Suits. Because that Underwood name sounds House pretty familiar. <laughs> well, you still. Um, we'll uncover its history as well as the controversies surrounding the little known film. That would be fun. Yeah, I think so. Um, then again, there's, as always, conflicting uh, schedule. So just it'd be, it would, it would just, in the end, it would be up in the air there. Uh, so at noon in Ballroom One, the all-new uh, Sonorama panel with Kamishibai. Kamishibai. Um, before you start, uh, join Stan Hyde and Len Medlock for a celebration of classic kaiju art and artists. You'll see the stories of your favorite kaiju that have been carefully guarded secrets until now. And there'll be some classic kaiju story telling as well. So for the last three, maybe this will be the third or fourth year Stan has done a panel on Sonoramas. And you know what these are because you've seen these. You probably don't recognize the name, but they're those very colorful posters where like yeah. King Kong versus King Ghidorah. Mm, yeah. Stuff like that. Um, that's what those are. And those panels are have been some of my favorites in recent years um, because thousands of these things were made back in the day. And they're like sort of your fanboy wet dreams in which yes. you see certain kaiju mashing up like the gargantuous fighting god's own rodan or something like that like these things are not only just well painted and very drawn, detailed but they're just they're fun to look at again there's one i still remember every time i think of sonoramas i think of the one where kong is fighting Ghidorah and he's got one of the Ghidorah heads in a headlock um 
Check out just check out like kaiju sonoramas or Godzilla sonoramas on you know on Google or what have you. You'll see a bunch of them, and I mean, there's just tons of these things out there. They're beautiful. I more or less stopped collecting art because I have so much of it. I still have most of it boxed up, unfortunately. Um, But I've always thought to myself, man, if if they ever like officially release sonoramas and sold them. Uh, even if they were reproductions, I would tr- do my damnedest to buy every single one of those and actually hang them up. Those things are so wonderful. But then I would bet you anything someone would at least make them expensive. No, not if you do reproductions. Not if you do reproductions. So, um, but also, check that stuff out. So, also at noon, uh, next door in Ballroom 2. Uh, Down on the Monsters official panel, creative director Alex uh, Rushdie uh, guides you through the announcement and updates of the brand new kaiju video game, including special prizes and exclusive ways to get involved in the development. I've never heard of this new game. I don't... don't, Is whatever happened to that other video game? Because two or three years ago, they demoed it in the dealer's room. I don't think it was this one. I think that was a different one. I think it was a card game. No, because the one I'm thinking of was involved with computers. It was like a Street Fighter type game where, you know, it was a fighter game. But I forget what it was called. Colossal Colossal Kaiju? uh, Colossal Beast? Matt Frank did some artwork promos for him. I know I've seen the logo. He has it, I think, that. even on his uh, Deviant Art page. I think. I know I've seen the logo of that. What was it called? Um, but Matt Frank. I think did it some was promo art. I think it was Colossal Kaiju. Yeah. Whatever happened to that? I think that's. I think it might have been out. I don't know. I would have. We would if have it did, it came out it. with a whimper because for they had a period of one to two years in which they did crowdfunding for that game. And then they demoed Colossal it. Kaiju Combat. Colossal Kaiju Combat. They had a year or two where they did um, crowdfunding for that. And then, I don't know how many years later, they... Um, Is that what you're thinking of? Yes, that's the one. And then they demoed it at one of the G-Fests a couple of years later. And then... I never heard or saw anything of it after that. Yeah, it's like uh, created by Simon Strange's company, Sunstone Games, the creators of, oh, Godzilla Destroy All Monsters Melee, Godzilla Save the Earth, and Godzilla Unleashed. After encountering a series of developmental uh, difficulties, the project was put on indefinite hiatus in January 2016 and then canceled in late 2017. Oh, no. <laughs> Did... I hope people got their money back. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's take a further look into this side. Well, they're talking about the money. Yeah, says, that's Matt Frank's work there. That's too bad because I know Matt Frank was pumping this project up, you know, because he was using some of his artwork to try to get people to donate. What in the world happened to it? Like... I mean, I, I know this. Let's see. Uh, originally, Sunstone Games was going to create a fourth Ga- uh, Godzilla game using the same technology used to create Godzilla Unleashed. Uh, Colossal Kaiju Combat was originally called uh, Kaiju Combat, but copyright issues 
with the creators of the card game Kaijudo caused Sunstone Games to uh, change the brand name to Colossal Kaiju Combat. Oh man, that's that's sad because I remember this thing. It was being hyped around the kaiju community here in the West for a couple of years because, you know, I remember Matt Frank because, you know, he was involved with artwork. He was like, people, donate, donate, donate. And then they demoed it at one of the G-Fests, and then that was it. And you didn't hear anything about it again after that. Something here on the Steam here. Makers of guys, let's say this has to be a trailer. Kaijulian Battles. It says release date August 11, 2014. Early access game. Um, so I'm guessing that this in $4.99. It has to be a beta. I would think so too. Yeah, I mean, just the way the game. Just the way that the graphics look. I mean, it That's looks pretty bad. Yeah, That's so. so strange, though, too, because, like I said, you heard about this thing like crazy for a couple of years. Oh, so, yeah. And then it just kind of faded. Mm-hmm. That's so, so strange. So I'm hopefully with this uh, potentially new one here, Dawn of the Monsters, I hope that it actually goes through this time around. So uh, with that... Uh, at 10 a.m. on Saturday, Kira Takarao is being interviewed, too. And at 1 p.m., Peggy Neal is being interviewed also in Ballroom 2. Uh, colossal Kaiju Combat. Greg's, like, five steps ahead of us. <laughs> well, he we needs just to be hosting check- this podcast, not us. <laughs> well, we just been, uh, haven't been checking the comments uh, not too much because at the same time, we've got the uh, list here of the panels uh, up as well. So at noon in the Kennedy room is nope. Yep. Yeah, we already talked about that one. Yeah, I was just making sure. Uh, drawing with Matt and Hiroshi. Uh, drawing artist Matt Frank and Hiroshi uh, Kanatani uh, as they both draw kaiju for, uh, for your entertainment. That Hiroshi guy, um, he friended me on Facebook three years so years ago. He's really good. Uh, and then at one o'clock in ballroom one, Heisei Gamera looked back, and I'm guessing this is the reason why. Uh, in the late 90s, uh, Susuke Kaneko uh, released a groundbreaking film trilogy f- uh, featuring uh, Gamera the Kaiju t- Turtle with uh, intriguing scripts, interesting characters, and groundbreaking special effects within miniature work. These films became instant fan favorites. Our panelists will discuss all three films of the trilogy and the impact they had on the kaiju genre. There is no individual panel this year on the 20th anniversary of Camera 3. That's right. I know because I saw this list once and I do not recall seeing anything that's a 20th anniversary camera panel and I'm wondering if this is sort of that um, substitute. I'm guessing you could be right on that. And also, 20 years of Gamma 3. 20 years of Gamma 3. Hard to believe. 20 years. (laughs) Just like last year was 20 years of the 98 Godzilla. 
And I remember seeing that in theaters. <laughs> and so also at one o'clock in ballroom two is the Peggy Neal interview. And then That's nothing cool. there. <laughs> and also at one o'clock in the candy room, discovering Godzilla, a discussion of the first time fans discover Godzilla, uh, specifically focusing on when it was and how that shaped opinions of Godzilla in different era, Showa, Heisei, Millennium, and Legendary, with uh, Scott Weatherall, uh, Chris Oglio, and Oglio, Ma- Oglio, and Mar- Olio. Olio, and Martin Alt. That would be fun, because that I think is more. Uh, that that sounds like it would be not just. Hopefully, they include some people from um, the. Um, I'm getting brain farts. Hopefully, they include some people who are attending the panel uh, to kind of just tell their stories too. But that's kind of that would be fun because I think you know every person's story is unique as far as when they were first introduced to Godzilla and, and of course how it shaped how it's like oh look at us we become these big weirdos who love giant monsters and all that. So. Yeah. And what, and Greg's uh, here's uh, Greg's here right here. Nasty the kaiju that uh, Hammer uh, locked away. Yeah, I think so. Uh, at yeah, 2 o'clock in Ballroom 1, uh, much like uh, Loch Ness Monster, Toho's late 1970s unmade uh, Hammer co-produced monster movie, Nessie, is a mysterious subject of, of, of great spe- uh, speculation. Join our panel as they shine a light on the cryptid sci-fi film discussing the cancel production and the relationship between Japanese kaiju and cryptid uh, Cryptozoology. Cryptozoology. Uh, with Greg Numman, uh, Samuel, was it Eiler, John LeMay, Justin Mullis, and Kevin Derendorf. I think that would be a pretty interesting. Well, yeah. I mean, this reminds me of uh, what was it earlier today? I was telling you, like, over 20 years ago at our public library, we rented that. It was. I can't remember if it was co-produced between a Japanese studio and an American studio if it was strictly Japanese, but it was like Age of Dinosaurs or something like that, where it basically had a plesiosaurus and a pterodactyl in it. And we could look it up here, but I think, it, I swear it was called something like the Age of the Dinosaurs or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sort of got a cult following with Kaiju fans here in the West. Uh, but that was kind of a strange film. But according to this, it, it, because, you know, I, I think of a Loch Ness Monster as being a plesiosaurus of sorts. Um, it just kind of reminds me that would be, that's interesting. And it's so funny because making a film about Nessie, which is originated out of Scotland, mm-hmm. half a world away, Japan is tackling a... Uh, well, attempted to tackle a movie about that. It's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> really. But is. then again, though, too, take a look at what American studios have uh, done as far as the, te- the the sort of subject uh, that subject matters that they've covered. Um, Go back here. Yeah, just as Legend of Dinosaurs and Monster Birds by Toei. Thank you, Legends of Dinosaurs. Greg, why aren't you doing more panels? <laughs> you always uh, know exactly what we're going after here. And so at also at two o'clock in Ballroom Two is History of Kaiju Art with Bob Eggleton. Uh, and two o'clock again, Candy Room Kaiju versus Parody. 
Uh, ever wonder with every kaiju movie being so serious without a hint of a joke or silliness what a kaiju comedy movie uh, would be like? Well, come on down and join YouTube weirdo uh, Pro Professor Kaiju as he discusses some kaiju parodies. And maybe, just maybe, you'll wish you'll never wondered in the first place uh, with Bryce Professor Kaiju Dubik or Dubish? Dubish, I'm thinking. Yeah. And then at 3 p.m. in Ballroom 1 is Godzilla King of the Monsters. Only one panel on the legendary Godzilla film this year. I think it was that way, too, with... They had uh, three. Oh, really? They had three about the 2014 film. Uh, so after five-year wait, the sequel to 2014's Godzilla is out. For the first time, audiences have seen Rodan, Mothra, and King Ghidorah uh, interpreted on film by studio other... Not uh, by a studio other there than... There should have been. There yeah. should have been Zan in there. Yeah, other than Toho. Did the film do the source materials justice? Find out how Titans fared as our panelists discuss the finer points of Legendary's latest monster blockbuster with Alistair Neal, uh, Nathan Marchand, Mercand, I Mercand, think. Uh, Jacob Smith, uh, Ira Tabor, and Miguel Barroso. I will say this. I've seen the film t twice now. I love the film. It's entertaining as hell. Hopefully number three tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Um, but because I got a lot of packing and stuff I got to get ready for. Um, but the more I've thought about it and I've compared it with the 2014 film, uh, 2014 film I think tells a better story I, I would think. say maybe I would even argue the 2014 film is even better acted all around I would say maybe at least with the human side King of the Monsters it's so funny because Western fans is a reception and I'm glad it's doing well but I find it so odd that very few of the people that complained about some of the issues with the 2014 film, some of those same issues are part of King of the Monsters, but they don't, um, they don't um, acknowledge that. It's so weird how why that is the way that it is it just i mean i love king of the monsters but the more i've thought about it i'm just like actually the 2014 film tells a better story and that you know that's not to say king of the monsters is bad um but i think if you're looking for um something that has a better told story the 2014 film is the way to go but King of the Monsters is still a lot of fun. It does seem, though, it's a weird jump, though. To me, and this is too much of... It's not a great analogy because I think the, analog the, the, the analogy I'm about to provide here has more of a bigger, deep-end impact uh, than what I'm actually trying to say. But you know how King Ghidorah, Godzilla's King Ghidorah, I've always said was huge, like... 
separation between the first two Heisei films, how those two films were dark in tone, more adult and serious, and then mm-hmm. Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah comes along much more lighthearted. It's just like really, real, really wacky with some of its premises. Uh, it's such a huge departure in tone and, and everything else, really, from those two Heisei films, those first two Heisei films. King of the Monsters isn't that big of a departure from the 2014 film. It's a lot more closer than King Ghidorah is with Bailani in 84. But um, this, to me, seems like, though, it's a big enough departure that it's. I'm still kind of jarred by it a little bit. Um, you know... It's kind of like how Mortal Kombat Annihilation was to the original Mortal Kombat. There were enough similarities there to where you're like, okay, yes, I I see the ties. But at the same time, it was still so different. It's kind of jarring a little bit. Kind of like that. I guess that's a better analogy. (laughs) Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Then, (laughs) All right. Uh, Three o'clock in Ballroom 2 is the Kaiju Cast 10th Anniversary. Uh, talk show come celebrate 10 years of podcasting about Godzilla and his uh, rubber suit foes with a live talk show format panel with the Kaiju cast and special guests with Kyle Yount and Gretchen Brooks. Congratulations, Kyle. 10 years. I, you know, we started a year after Kyle. We were uh, obviously anybody who's been following us long enough knows we were Planet X control room. And we started like late spring of 2010. Well, we had a, a website that wasn't actually named Planet X Control Room. It was first, first That's called, what I'm saying, though. Yeah. Our podcast yeah. was Planet X Control Room. And we were doing pretty well there. And then we took. We were, we we, were doing uh, weekly podcasts. We first. were doing weekly podcasts. And the reason why we started it up was not only because we wanted to talk about our love of Godzilla and all these films, but because at that time they were saying that what is now the 2014 Godzilla movie was supposed to be released in 2012. Well, then when the 311 happened in Fukushima. Mm-hmm. And then they were saying, no, the film is indefinitely put on hiatus. That killed it for us because we were trying to build up towards that 2012 film. And then we took a year and a half hiatus and then we kind of lost a lot of people following us uh, after that. Then we came back um, sort of mid 2012 and found out, you know, there were... um, you know, like I think two or other, two or three other kaiju podcasts that had come along during that time span while we were gone. But yeah, like we came about it almost exactly a year after Kyle started his podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, we, we, you know, we've had a big hiatus that sort of killed the momentum for us at the time. We had a huge momentum actually, actually, at one point. Actually, a couple breaks that. And then we changed our name here like three or so years ago as well to what it is now. Um, But yeah, it's, it's congratulations, Kyle. I mean, that's, that's quite a feat. I can't believe uh, technically we count us as having done nine years of podcasting, even though we (laughs) had a year and a half in which we didn't do anything. Yeah. We were still around in website format and our old episodes were still available on iTunes, but we hadn't been doing recent shows yeah, uh, for a while there, but um, yeah, that, that would be fun. I'm, 
it's hard to believe it's been that long because I remember discovering Kyle's podcast because I re- it was shortly after we started ours and I and I asked myself I'm like you know are there other people out there doing this and I did a search on iTunes his was the only one that popped up that I saw and I'm like we're the second Kaiju podcast out there and um, you know I remember that. Mm-hmm. How time flies. Yeah, it, it's like it almost felt like yesterday of us actually doing the very first episode because I remember I was in my studio apartment at the time and uh, sitting in front of the I bought a real desk. crappy mic at Best Buy. Yeah, yeah and I, <laughs> I actually still have my original microphone that I bought since uh, since that time so this one is nine years old and probably for our 10th anniversary I'll probably purchase a new microphone you will on a bit better. You, you will on my video put this one out to pasture <laughs> <laughs> well well I do have the right necessary tools to do that so <laughs> but um, it and and a all realness i it's still in good shape and good quality even with great audio that it uh, does so i probably wouldn't do anything of the sorts anyway enough about us (laughs) (laughs) so with that also at three o'clock in the candy room is the ready player one uh anorak's castle the world of kaiju and tokusatsu played a big role in uh ernest klein's best-selling book uh play ready player one which spielberg would later film a story that took fan service to the next level and culminated in a battle that fans of many niche genres would never forget learn how uh, learn about who showed up, uh, what happened at the final battle, differences between the book and film, and trivia of how things all came together with Billy DuBose. I own the movie and I own the book. I have yet to read the book and I have yet to see the film. Well, do you do you want to know like the? I know who battle? shows up. I know yeah. Mecha Godzilla shows up, and I think Ultraman even shows up. That's yeah, what I just, know. As far as I know, just in the book. In the Ultraman movie, shows up in the book, yes. Yes. but In the movie, Mechagodzilla. Yeah, it was just Mechagodzilla. However, they weren't able to attain rights for Ultraman mm-hmm. for the movie, unfortunately. So right there, that's the big difference. <laughs> I know. Like, I bought the book first because one of my close friends, she read it. And she likes a lot of these techie, nerdy books. And she was saying, you got to read the book. She's like, you got to read the book. You really have to read it before you see the movie. I bought it, have yet to read it. And then the movie came out on Blu-ray. Gosh, whenever that was. I think it was just last year. And I have yet to watch that. (laughs) Yeah. I've seen bits and pieces of it, particularly the uh, Mechagodzilla part. Um... So at four o'clock in Ballroom One, another Godzilla's Revenge panel. Two of them. Uh, it doesn't deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> a look at the making of Honda's most misunderstood entry in the Godzilla series, and this is what Ken's thing was uh, coming from earlier in the episode. And critical examination of the film with Ed Gostrzewski and Steve Rifle. 
<laughs> I'm trying to care, think. Care, care to explain or extend your uh, thing from earlier? Do you have anything to say about it? Um, I don't even know how much they they can go on on this one since they're already doing a 50th anniversary panel. Because I don't know if there's going to be some things that are, have already been talked about for the uh, previous panel for the 50th Gazelle's Revenge anniversary. But um, I don't know. Uh, it might be somewhat interesting in a way, but it would depend on how much uh, it would be similar to the earlier. I would like to go to that panel. Again, I'll have to take a look at all the other panels that are starting at 4 o'clock. Oh, that is the first one that they have listed yep. here at 4 o'clock. Um, and looking at what else is available, yeah, I'll go to that one, actually. Um, no offense to anybody else. Yeah, because just, apparently these are the last three panels. Um, but um, for Saturday. Um Again, and I know you don't have the book, but David Callett again. Going back to David Callett. Uh, and I could be wrong, but like I said, to my understanding, he's really the first person with any sort of credibility behind him that really sort of came out publicly and has really not just defended the film, but has come out and even said, yes, this movie is misunderstood. You guys who are bashing the film and simply dismissing it as um, what's the term uh, with uh, stock footage garbage, uh, you don't understand like really everything else. Yes, there's stock footage in the film, but you, when you really look at it, this young boy Ichiro is, uh, as the term David Callett uses, a latchkey kid. You know, his parents are really never home. And, you know, how scary it is that kidnappers are coming to get him, even though the kidnappers are a bunch of buffoons <laughs> and, um, and the like. Um, now, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast or not, so I'm just going to talk about it here for a moment, so please indulge me. Um, after reading that particular um, uh, entry in David Cowett's book about Godzilla's Revenge uh, here, gosh, three, four years ago now, um, did that change my view of Godzilla's Revenge and have I looked at it differently since then? It did make me, yes, appreciate Godzilla's Revenge a little bit more. However, I will say I was never one of the people that, you know, was always saying, um, uh, you know, Godzilla's Revenge is one of the worst. Did I look at it as one of the weaker entries in the franchise? Yes, I looked at it as one of the weaker entries, but I never thought it was the worst. Um, Part of the reason why I think I never looked at it as being one of the worst was because Revenge was one of the first handfuls of Godzilla films we ever saw. Because um, yeah. let's see, we watched In Order, Sea Monster, Megalon, uh, King, of the Monsters. King of the Monsters, and after that it gets fuzzy. But I know... I don't know what order it comes after that, but I know King Congress Godzilla came along. I think that might have been the fourth one. Eventually, Mothra versus Godzilla came along, as well as Monster Zero. We rented those. And then there was Raids again, Rodan, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, 
and this film. And I don't remember what order all of those were, but those were kind of like the first handful, like the first 10 to dozen films of kaiju films we ever saw. And as a kid, even growing up, like Godzilla's Revenge, you know, before I understood anything about stock footage, the funny thing is, though, we knew there was something interesting about it because Sea Monster was the first Godzilla film we saw, and there was Sea Monster footage in that film. So we knew something was up. And the fact, too, that in the Godzilla scenes, all of it, his appearance changed majorly. So yeah, we were constantly. No- so we knew something was up, but we didn't understand the term or know the term stock footage at the time. Um, so there was that. But I never looked at that film as being like the worst or what have you. I looked at it, yes, as a weaker entry as I got older. Growing up, when I first became a Godzilla fan, from 92 up to about... 90, I want to say between 97, 98, 99, somewhere in there. I looked at it as a halfway decent film because I remember one spring when I was in middle school, I got sick. I was sick for about a week. And one of the things I did just to pass time while I was sick during that one week was I watched Godzilla's Revenge twice in two days. I watched the film twice in two days. Godzilla's Revenge. For some people out there, they're going to be like, were you on your deathbed? Like, did you have, were you delusional? Like, what was going on with you? No, I I just was sick. And I remember lying there. I'm like, I want to watch Godzilla movie. Godzilla's Revenge just kind of popped in my mind. I said, okay, I'll watch that. I watched it. I loved it. And the next day I watched it again. Um, And... um, yeah, it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but have I looked at it differently knowing what David Callot has said a little bit? Um, but not too much. It hasn't been earth shattering for me. And I think part of it was because I always kind of knew the subtext of what was being told in that story. Um, not to the degree that he describes it in this book, but I just knew there was something more different about the film than what people uh, gave credit for. Um, but um, yeah, like, you know, for some people it definitely was groundbreaking, but for me, not too much. I'm happy that it's getting more respect because I don't think the movie des- has deserved the hate that it's gotten. Um, a movie that should be hated is Shin Godzilla, but um, <laughs> for many reasons. But um, I'm really happy to see that Godzilla's Revenge is getting its just desserts. But can we stop this talk now, though? Um, after this year, I don't want to hear any more talk about how Godzilla's Revenge has been misunderstood because this discussion has already been going on for like five, six years at least already. And. It just needs to stop. <laughs> this this discussion has been going on long enough to where people are like, well, it's not the worst guy. It's like, we get it. Most people's opinions have changed anyways on this film. Not everybody's, and you never will change everybody's opinion, but it's like most people's opinion, yes, has changed over mm-hmm. the last five or so years. So yeah. let's put this discussion to bed. And let's move on here. Uh, also at 4 o'clock in the ballroom, too, is the Kaiju music videos. Uh, 
basically uh, fan-made tune and kaiju combos, showing some maybe pictures, videos, and all that with uh, probably, yeah, says it right there, uh, with Andy Steele. And also at 4 o'clock in the Kennedy Room, the Art of Kaiju Writing. One of the more popular uh, ongoing panels that happens really every year, at least since we've been going to G-Fest. So uh, join Skip Peel, uh, Neil Reib, or Reibe, uh John LeMay, and uh, Nathan Markhan for discussion on writing about Kaiju World. Cover all aspects of fiction and nonfiction writing. If you have questions, ask them. We're here for you. That's always, I got in on the tail end of one of those panels over the last two or three years. I think I might have came in after and, one um, of the panels. It's it's interesting. If you are someone who loves to write or, you know, intends on writing, and especially about Kaiju, of course, um, that's always a fun panel uh, to go to. It's really fun and unique. I've never written about Kaiju and I love to write, but uh, it's always fun to, to listen to what these guys have to say. And that's essentially it of all the panels for Saturday because then there's a uh, three-hour break until uh, 7 o'clock for ballrooms 1 and 2 as, as they are combined for the Jeopardy Championship. With Which Scott you will Peel. be a part of. <laughs> I probably <laughs> won't. Um, probably not go that far if I did. Um, and then at 8 o'clock is the adult, adult costume parade. And at 9 o'clock is the amateur kaiju videos. And all these are in ballrooms one and two. And then basically to round off the night for uh, day two is uh, the showing of Monster Zero. That'll get me to the Pickwick. At 1030 <laughs> at Pickwick Theater. <laughs> Anybody who's listened to the podcast again long enough knows that's one, if not my my favorite, uh, uh, Godzilla films. And so Sunday, on my with, turn now with the final day of G Fest. The final day of G Fest. Women of Kaiju fan. It seems like it's a sequel to something that was uh, done last year about yeah. uh, women within. I think the Kaiju films. I think it, that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think this is Matt Frank's wife. That is his wife, yes. Yeah. Uh, Bringing together ladies who love the genre and thrive in the fandom. The women, and by the way, that one last year was packed. It was in one of the ballrooms. Yeah, it was pretty pretty good size. Um, The women discussed navigating the various franchises, future hopes for fandom, but most importantly, their favorite kaiju and what drives them into this amazing world of monsters. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then at 10 o'clock is interview number two with Shusuke Kaneko. At 10 o'clock as well, how to draw Godzilla uh, with, uh, again, I'm sorry, Philo Barnhart and Matt Frank. I know how to say Matt Frank. (laughs) Um, Oh, it says it right there. (laughs) Oh, it does say right there. He's part of the Hannah Barb. We just didn't scroll down enough. Um, At 11 o'clock, Kaiju video game history, Up From the Depths. Join game developer Alex Rushdie as he shines a light on the history of Kaiju video games, highlighting developers and games that you may not have played or even heard of, most and probably Japanese-related, or Colossal Kaiju Combat, which went defunct. (laughs) Um, At 11 o'clock as well, 
Toya model photography. Monster photographers gather around. It's time to share some simple tricks to make your kaiju toys and model kits seem gigantic. Stan Hyde and David Dopko will share some amazing images. We'll discuss how you can photograph your own monsters to recreate images from the movies or to create images from movies that never were. We'll also share some places online that you can visit to share your work and see some amazing monster photographs. Also at 11 o'clock, this might be the one that I'll go to during that um, time frame. 25 years of Space Godzilla. I remember you buying that Fangoria that had, uh, well, that it, was it, talking about. Well, it had uh, Godzilla on the front cover. It had Godzilla on the front it, cover, it, but it, it was about Space Godzilla. Yeah, I remember that was like a huge, like, I think the main huge piece of that entire issue of Fangoria. And again, this is in Kennedy. They've had several of these anniversary uh, deals over the last couple of years in Kennedy. They need to move these. Someone, please, who's ever in charge of putting panels in particular rooms at the Crown Plaza. Put these anniversary panels in one of the ballrooms because these are always popular. Well, why should I listen to you, Kent? I don't know. Because I <laughs> <laughs> it's been 25 years since Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla hit theaters to celebrate Godzilla's 40th birthday. Featuring a new adversary for Godzilla and Space Godzilla, the film also introduced a new version of Mogura to a modern audiences. Not to mention a monster that was reportedly Koichi Kawakita's favorite creation. Come revisit this unusual entry in the Heisei series with Colin McMahon, Ira Taborn, Andrew Pataglia, and Jeff Horn. At noon, it's the award ceremony for contest winners. Boo. I mean, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> also at noon is Kong Unmade, the lost films of Skull Island. Like Godzilla and Gamera, King Kong was the star of many of an unmade movie. You might already know he was supposed to star in what became Godzilla vs. Sea Monster, but what about Kong's other missed opportunities? From the mind of Marion C. Cooper came a bevy of unproduced concepts like Tarzan vs. King Kong, a planned 1934 color prequel set on Skull Island. Otter still, Cooper even won wanted to remake King Kong but set the story on another planet in outer space. Learn about more unmade films starring Kong from both America and Japan with John LeMay. That'll be interesting. At noon, in inva Alien Invasions in the Godzilla movies, it's a two-for-one podcast panel about the influences of American and Japanese movies about alien invasions. Brian Shershell <laughs> of Kaiju Vision Radio and Taylor Hensley of Giant Monster Messages explain the historical and cultural influences on these popular stories, including the similarities and differences between the Japanese and American movies. <laughs> At 1 o'clock, The Power of Ifukube, a piano concert with Riko Yamada. Riko Yamada is an internationally acclaimed pianist and former student of Akira Ifukube. Pianist Patrick Godden joins her in performance of some of Ifukube's most famous kaiju and tokusatsu scores. Also at 1 o'clock, Latitude Zero, <laughs> a behind-the-scenes look at one of the most ambitious and tumultuous co-productions between Toho and overseas investors, Ed Gajuszewski and Steve Rifle. The, the last time I saw this movie was when we discussed it on our podcast. Yeah, that was, that was my last time. Or something like that. Yeah. It's a long movie, but what makes it long outside of just its length is because it is kind of a dull film <laughs> particularly that submarine scene i think the chase scene or something like that yeah it's like the chase scene in um 
the H man. Yeah. <laughs> At one o'clock, Godzilla stories like the campfire rounds of old. We still sit together while Stephen Schilling helps us all share our stories of how we discovered Godzilla and how Godzilla has affected our lives. It can be funny, touching, and sometimes just ridiculous. This is a personal story session, less fan fiction, and more about what Godzilla means to us personally. People have shared poetry inspired by Godzilla and stories of how Godzilla literally saved their lives. Come to share just to listen. I think this has been somewhat of an ongoing panel in recent years. Like It's just sort of a continuation, I think. Um, of uh, what's been going on in recent years. At 2 o'clock, another Ifukube panel. Akira Ifukube, the man, the music, the monsters. Eric Hominick and his panel will discuss Akira Ifukube's life and career as one of Japan's foremost composers. Several of the maestro's film scores, such as Godzilla 54 and Rodan 56, will be closely analyzed with Eric Hominick, John DeSantis, Rico Yamada, Patrick Galvin, Tyler Martin. I want to speak up just a little bit more. At two o'clock, <laughs> it's Collect All Monsters. Only Kaiju Vinyl is real. Collect All Monsters is a new YouTube channel all about Kaiju toys. Join the cast of the show and discover the wonder of Japanese Kaiju Vinyl with Leslie Chambers, Christine Chapin, David Eric Dopko, John Ruffin, and Kyle Yount. Also at 2 o'clock, creating original kaiju. In a genre ruled by a giant fire-breathing lizard, where do new kaiju come from? Join Realm of Goryo's Denji Kroll and members of Kaiju Assault to learn about how they create new monsters for stories and games and find inspiration for your own work. At 3 o'clock, G-Fan, G-Fest, and G-Tour. Any fans curious about the history, inner workings of, or future plans for the three Gs can ask questions and make suggestions with J.D. Lees. 3 o'clock, Godzilla YouTubers. Catch up on the YouTube scene with Titan Goji, Kaiju Noir, Monstrosities, Tokusatsu Vlog, D-Man1954, and Dangerville as they all share their experiences as contest creators in the Godzilla community. Yeah, because those last two, uh, D-Man 1954 and Dangerville, I'm very familiar with I'm familiar with, with Dangerville. I can't say the same about any of the others. I've yeah. heard it. Well, actually, no. I'm familiar with Kaiju Noir. I take that back. At 3 o'clock, I would love to go to this panel, but I'm afraid of what's going to be said. No, I, think, um, I think a majority from I heard that a lot of people like the Godzilla. Uh, where have you been? I'd like to go there. Because everywhere I've gone, people have hated the tr- anime trilogy. Oh, the anime trilogy. I was, for some reason, <laughs> oh, I was talking oh, about yeah, the Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, people hate it. <laughs> At 3 o'clock, the Godzilla anime trilogy. Planet of Monster City on the Edge of Battle on the Planet here. Basically a panel about uh, the discussion of the whole anime trilogy. Uh, at four o'clock, I think this is the absolute final thing. Yes, it is. Uh, Kaiju Confessions. Time to... Stan Hyde isn't doing his one thing. He well, usually does a thing where it's like fun music videos and singing. And well, that. I think they usually don't. Uh, no, that's the Titanosaurus thing. I think they don't usually list that. They have listed there. it in the past, though. I don't know. We'll have to Is find he not out. doing it anymore? We'll have to find out. It's time to pack up G-Fest for another year. Join the celebration of Kaiju song and dance. Oh, there it is. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> What's a monster movie without a catch it to? Now it's time to participate in the fun. Join us. Let's save the earth with Stan Hyde. Um, I went to one of those two years ago. Stan does a wonderful job, and I don't mean to poo-poo it, but it wasn't for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just wasn't for me. <laughs> 
I think if you love that stuff, hey, that's great. I'm just saying it wasn't for me. It's, I would say if you're going to be around uh, for Sunday and about that time, check it out. It might be for you. But for me, it wasn't. And I know uh, you were, um, we were asked a question about the, uh, the dealer's room. And I know you answered that uh, for one of the followers on our Facebook page uh, about when the um, dealer's room opens mm-hmm. at the time. But I did recently uh, see something on here. If I could find it here, I'm guessing. Yeah, FYI. Yeah, here it is. To accommodate demand, this year's GFS dealer's room opens at 10 a.m. all three days, even on, on a Friday. Friday. No wristband will be needed for entry. Back to basics. JD. So they took what two years with wristbands? I think a few, few years. It would be no more than three if they did. Boy, I liked how they did it last year, though. But I could understand why some people would hate it, especially people who like showed up late. But I think it had to um, deal with a lot of the lines that they. Well, created. the thing was was because the. Um, Gosh, and then, the, and then it also the fire marshal. The fire marshal code, will yeah. only allow certain people in. But the thing, excuse me, the thing was, if you had a number that was one of the earlier numbers, you could go back in as many times you wanted. But the problem with that, though, was because, again, the fire marshal would only let so many people in at a time. Mm-hmm. People who had larger numbers continued to wait while people who got in early could still keep going back and forth if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. So I could understand why, uh, you know, people would have uh, issue with that. I don't know how you fix uh, something like that. On Saturday night, the Kaiju Crescendo concert will be happening at the North Shore Performing Arts Center at 9 p.m. in Skokie. That's good to know. That is good to know, yeah, because it didn't say it there um, on the uh, on the uh, summary. Kaiju Crescendo. I wondered about that's, that because I'm like, oh, they're actually going to have music there in the ballroom. And I thought to myself, well, that's kind of weird because wouldn't that interrupt? And <laughs> it's like, no, this actually makes sense here. Yeah, I wonder, <laughs> let's see here, in a North Shore Performing Arts Center. Let's uh, take a look at Google Maps, see how far away that is. It shouldn't be that far. Uh, let's see, go back. It's it. Just check Skokie. Just check uh, Skokie. North Shore anyway. Performing Arts Center. <laughs> Nope, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it the hard way. Uh, performing the arts. There we are. So oh be right there. I need my eyeglasses. And back up. Yeah, it's sort of near Evanston where Northwestern University is in. There we are right there. That's not too bad, though. That's, I don't know how many miles my, if I just had to take a really rough guess, that's eight, ten miles. That would be my uh, guess. See here, let's take a, go to directions and maybe, uh, what is it? Oh, that's Hero. Crown Plaza Chicago O'Hare. And yeah, 26 minutes. 
13 miles. 26 to 30 minutes. Depending, depending on, on what route you took. Yeah. yeah. 13 miles. It's not terrible. Also, we'd like to know how that uh, parking would tail. We can. Uh, Where's Pickwick again? Pickwick. It's uh, right along the. Was it the? Right there. Oh. And then there's us right there. Too far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's you closer said, than Skokie. <laughs> it's. I was hoping it was. I would say about distance. Yeah, I would say about close to, uh, like in the middle, about halfway point between us and the uh, performing arts. I'm surprised that uh, they didn't have it at the uh, the Rosemont Theater because apparently they're not. There's not going to be anything happening there during. Uh, this entire week because they were having some sort of actually having something there originally, but then it got canceled uh, some time ago. So, oh, well, but yeah, that's it. As far as discussion, I mean, uh, so Jason, like what, uh, just kind of judging from what we're seeing here with, um, panels what is your thought uh, as far as what maybe um to expect this year i what you think so far it sounds pretty decent i would say it, it'd be at least um maybe one of those gfs i'll be on our list that we've been doing every year as far as rating ranking from best, <laughs> like ranking from best to worst, I would say it'd be in the upper half. I might, I wouldn't know where, but um, um, once we do the post show and then digesting the, the after, um, after GFS 26, uh, I probably would have a better picture of it. So, but so far, after taking a look at the list for this year's GFS, uh, it sounds to be um, more in the upper portion of being one of the better GFS. Yeah, I mean, upon first glance, for me, um, I immediately, once I got done uh, scanning it here, odd number of days ago uh i immediately thought to myself middle upper half middle um for me personally um but yeah um it definitely has the potential for that um the only thing that sort of not on a major level but sort of concerns me is that during in previous years, not every year, but in previous years with some of the um, what I would consider the better GFS. Uh, one of the things that made some of those GFS great was not just the people, but the number of what I would personally consider good to great panels. And a lot of those would always be crammed. I would be going from one panel to the next, really no break. I would have to like force myself to eat lunch 
mm-hmm. because otherwise I was always going to panels and missing, you know, lunch and all that. Um, this year there are some schedule conflicts, but not that many from what I saw. Um, that concerns me a little bit because just until we get there and actually have the schedule and we start circling things and we can kind of see things more in a layout that will, how it will affect us uh, in real time, I'm not going to really be able to say officially one way or the other. Um, But... um, it seems to me like there could sadly be some dead time in there. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it seems like to me there could even be moments where there's too much. Yeah, it would just depend on the amount of energy that we would have if there's anything that would be interesting during that time. And then, of course, whatever's on the uh, the G-Fest channel on some of those times as well. So... A lot of it just depends on the days of G-Fest, mainly. Well, yeah, and um, it's going to be interesting. Um, it really is. I mean, like, there are some definitely good panels on there, and like I said, there's going to be some periods where there it's going to be tough to figure out which panel to go to uh, because of scheduling conflicts. And, um, yeah, it's just, um, again, we won't really know until we get there and can kind of see for sure how it's going to play out. But, mm-hmm. right. um, just looking off of the schedule here, um, it just sort of, it seems to me, yeah, like this has the potential to sort of be kind of in the middle which isn't bad mm-hmm. but kind of in that upper half um i'm not i definitely do not believe for one moment and i don't think this will ever happen but i don't think anything's going to replace replace 19 or 20 as nope. my personal favorites because those are the first two we went to i mean there's novelty there um will it be will it replace 22 23 it depends it's got a tall order is it yeah. possible Yes, but I would say there's an uphill battle there. Um, has it, does it have the potential to be one of the worst? Yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, I was shocked last year with it being the 25th anniversary of G-Fest that it just didn't seem like there was as much brouhaha from a panel or like an act, Or maybe possibly an actual celebration of, of yeah, the because Because I thought it was going to be that way, but then it seemed... When, when we went into it and it actually happened. And see, 25 years like in a marriage is considered the silver anniversary. That's a big deal. Yeah. But in G-Fest 20, our second G-Fest that we went to, they made a big deal about it. There was cake even. Yeah. They had cake. The hotel made cake. And, you know, people, you know, got a slice of it. Like, it was a big deal. But 25th anniversary, I remember you and I discussed it last year. We were like, they just kind of were like, yeah, 25 years, hooray. And that was it. Yeah. And they, yes, they had a G Fest room where they had uh, videos displaying clips from previous G Fest, including old posters, t shirts, stuff like that, old memorabilia. But still, it was just kind of hush hush. They didn't 
It was, they didn't it was, do much yeah, with it. Was, it was, it was, it was mainly a, a meh sort of thing. And it's so weird because, again, that's the silver anniversary. 20 think years, be, yes, that's a big deal. But You'd think you, it would be a little bit more important. But they made a bigger deal out of the 20th anniversary than they did the 25, which, again, I mean, 20 years, yes, is a big deal. But 25th, again, like I said, silver anniversary. That is kind of the bigger deal. Because um, you're there longer than the 20 years. <laughs> It's just is so weird because that was my biggest disappointment from last year was that you and I went in anticipating something bigger and grander. And the fact too that that was also the 50 anniversary of Destroy All Monsters as yeah. well. We just thought, you know, G-Fest and, and, and Destroy All Monsters are going to take center stage and they... They sort they really, of blew it. They really didn't. And it was just kind of... It was a weird G-Fest last year. Yeah. Um, to me, it's, they sort of didn't take advantage you know, or just sort of blew it. <laughs> I mean, they kind of did. I, I was just, I still am, one year later, I'm kind of shocked at how they handled that. Because I knew, I know if it were us, if we were the ones who created G-Fest, and I'm not saying they did a horrible job. I just, I just find it strange that they more or less kept it hush hush or kind of on the town though and that more i mean destroy all monsters is a huge fan favorite here in the west Mm -hmm. and i really thought at the very least they were going to make a big deal at at least out of destroy monsters they really didn't there were two or three panels maybe at least two that i can remember off the top of my head that dealt with destroy all monsters but even then like they didn't do that big of a deal with it even in their own personal merchandising for gfest last year it was odd it was just odd yeah even though we always say that gfest 21 being uh the weakest one out of the ones that we've gone to so far i would say 25 for me would be one of the oddest 25 was weird it just was i mean it's weird because not only did it go by quickly which is no one's fault but it went by in a flash Mm -hmm. i mean like that it was done it came and went like that um but it was weird and it was weird from a head scratching standpoint and like you're thinking why weren't they planning to do things a little bit differently or and they didn't do it or make it more of a big deal yeah it just way, which it should have been to this again like i said about a year later i'm still i no joke i'm not joking when i say this i from time to time you know think about you know previous gfs and over the last year i've thought about last year's a few times and i all have always thought why didn't they make a bigger deal out of not just the 25 years, but even Destroy All Monsters because of the huge fan following and, that thing? And I know here. one of the things that Akira Takarada was originally supposed to be right. at the 25th G-Fest. And I think with with that sudden uh, surgery that he had before G-Fest took place, I think some of it possibly blew some air out of that. I don't think so. I don't think... As great as he is, he wouldn't have been able to say that. Because still, the whole thing as a whole was still weird. By the way, remember that one guy who played as one of the Ghidorah heads was seen last year on a video, recorded video, he was going to be here this year? Yeah. 
didn't I tell you? I was sitting there next to you when we saw that video. I bent over and I said, I bet you he doesn't come next year. And yes, he's not coming. Yeah. <laughs> I called it. I don't know if I ever said it on the podcast, but I told it to Jason because they had well, a recorded I think he, video. I think you mentioned before that you're you're thinking that he's probably won't be coming well, for yeah, next year. I just I I remember those sitting when they showed that video. Oh yeah, I play like whatever head of Ghidra he plays in the New King of and the then, Monsters. And then he also played as George and Rampage. Yeah, and he was like, "Yeah, I can't wait to meet you guys next year." And I bent over to you and I go, "I bet he doesn't come." And sure, mm-hmm. shooting, he canceled. He canceled here, what between four and six months ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. I called it because <laughs> I told you, I, I leaned over. I said, I bet you he doesn't come because I've seen that happen too many times, not just with GFS, but in real life people a year out who say they're going to come next year. And I'm like, that's too much time. Yeah. So many things can happen. Things will change and sure shoot. And for whatever reason, mm-hmm. he's not coming. And I told you, I said, I bet you he doesn't come. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I hope, though, that uh, this is a great G-Fest. Of course, we always hope that every G-Fest is, is going to be one of the most memorable. And uh, unfortunately, at least for us, on a personal standpoint, the last couple have been they've been a little bit of a downer. Or if I they think, were great for you, that's, that's or awesome. But like, like what you said, some of the novelty is starting to wear off. Well, and that's right. I mean, that's, that's definitely a huge part of it. For us, the um, for us, definitely novelty has been part of it, um, you know, wearing off. And that's nobody's fault. Um, but um, I think that's one of the things. I, I mean, of course, earlier, it's definitely like I probably would go to these for at least a few more years. And at least after that, take a little bit of a hiatus, just take a breather mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of build my excitement again. I'm Even not sure then, how long that's going to take. The thing is, though, and I've thought about it, too. It's like you could take one year off. You could take five or even 10 years off. Yes, I think to some extent, the more years you skip, the more exciting it could get when you do return. Mm-hmm. But again, it's not going to be your very first time, though. Yeah. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. And um, if you're trying to recreate magic, you're shooting yourself in the foot because you're wasting time. Um, what you basically have to do is go in with the mindset of just really trying to take, and this is something we try to do, and we sort of both fail and succeed at the same time to some extent. You just have to try to take in every moment and just try to do your best to savor it as best as you can. And that's what was so, one of the things that was so weird about last year was because that seemed like it was the fastest G-Fest ever. Mm-hmm. And again, because I think, because I think we talked about that too. Yeah. And again, part of that was just because you get busy, you get caught up in things, but at the same time though, too, again, like we've said here before, it was a weird G-Fest last year. I remember having a lot of downtime than I've ever had before yeah. in the previous G-Fest. That was a big part of it, too. Um, just odd mm-hmm. last year was on so many levels. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping 26 really um, fixes 
some of the issues. It's it's un, it's too bad because, um, like I said, twenty four wasn't all that spectacular. Twenty five was meh. Um, I'm really hoping we get back to something that we would consider to be good, if not very good. Hopefully, more than anything else, great. But uh, we won't know till we get there. Do I think it's going to be great? Judging from the schedule, I'm going to say no. But does it have a have an opportunity to be good? Yes, mm-hmm. I think I think it'll it could it has the potential to be good, and that's what I'm hoping for. And and part of it is on us. We have to do the best that we can, um, you know, to savor every moment uh, that we can. But uh, before we go, I just want to say that anybody who watches this uh, before attending G Fest, we're going to be there again. We're going to be there all week. We're going to be there like late Monday that's morning. That's the reason why I'm here um, in Kansas place <laughs> um you know we're gonna leave the following monday morning um and um so if you see us say hi uh half the time if not most of the time we're gonna be wearing daikaiju ball caps and t-shirts uh you've seen the ball cap on the podcast several times if you've yeah, watched he's, previous he's episodes worn it worn and, it a few times yeah and we just um, got the t-shirts in a few days ago and as well as we've updated our uh, little business cards like we've uh, I've displayed. found some old ones in my bag. Yeah, so <laughs> and like I brought some too. Uh, probably dispose of those. But uh, for this year, we've updated our cars with our new logo and updated uh, some more of the information on the back. So we'll be. Uh, putting those out once again this year so so yeah i mean if you see us say hi uh i'm bringing my voice recorder this year part of that is because i think we're i i am going to record some voice memos periodically over the course of the convention that's part of it one of the things i may try to do as well as maybe do some brief interviews with random people at g fest as well just and we'll probably put those in Possibly on the uh, audio exclusive podcast for iTunes and Google Play. Potentially, yeah. So, because I know um, we can't really do it on YouTube. And, uh, you know, we've been more than happy to talk to you, even do a potential interview with you. It won't be an extensive interview, it would be a, you know, kind of a brief interview. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, other than that, uh, thank you for listening and watching. Uh, the uh, G-Fest 26 pre-show on the Daikaiji Network podcast. Um, If you haven't subscribed to us, even here on YouTube, you can hit the subscribe button down below. And uh, we're also on iTunes and Google Play, like I mentioned a minute ago. And uh, you can subscribe to us uh, on those uh, two platforms. And you can also listen to our audio and watch some of our uh, most recent and previous uh, podcast episodes around uh, daikajinetwork.com, both video and audio formats. And um, so I think uh, we're pretty much all good with the comments there. Thank you so much, Greg, for listening and participating and helping us with our lapses in in knowledge. (laughs) So um, is there uh, really anything else do you want to add before we uh, sign off? I have to pee, so. (laughs) (laughs) And plus, it's uh, a little bit past your bedtime here. Yeah, it's 1030 Eastern time. Yeah, and I got to clean up my thing of ice cream. Well, we got a lot we got to do here, so. Yeah, plus plus I got to take down this wall. I don't know if if Jason's Berlin. Yeah, if I want to show you this uh, little... uh, 
for purposes. <laughs> for this wall right here for for the noise and everything. That was all Jason. I had nothing to do with yep. that. Yep, that was certainly my idea. Although you were trying to think of a way to deal with I that. wasn't going to go into that much work. <laughs> I was trying so, to use that large piece on the bottom, and it was too tall. And I just was like, just deal with it. And you're like, no, I'm going to build a wall. <laughs> I'm going to build a fucking wall. <laughs> it's like, and, you built a fucking wall. <laughs> and I, I almost uh, succeeded. I think uh, I'm not sure what other good pieces I would have in there left. I'm not sure if there are good, bigger chunks left for it, but um, yeah. So uh, other than that, yeah, thank, thank you for uh, listening <laughs> to you. us and hopefully we'll see you all at uh, G Fest and either be a loser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. All right. See you later, folks.